from Walt Disney Pictures. I'm gonna miss you so much. Left behind. Shadow is gonna love it in the country. Have a nice vacation. And far from home. <laughs> they were determined to find their way back. Now they've set off on an adventure into an untamed world. Across treacherous mountains. Danger waits at every turn. I gotta tell you, domesticated animals wouldn't stand a chance at you. And the forces of nature will test their ability to survive. I miss Shadow, Mom. It will be an incredible journey home. Maybe that's where they went. But that would be hundreds of miles. In the classic tradition of Walt Disney Entertainment. Comes Homeward Bound, the incredible journey. Welcome to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, and we are going to talk about Homeward Bound today with our other host, Tyler Wilson. So what I love about, right off that trailer, the, the guy, the, the Forest Service guy that's like, I don't, I'm not sure a couple of domesticated animals could survive out in the wilderness. What I really want, because the guy with he's wearing a cowboy hat, mm-hmm. and if you look at him far enough away, he kind of could be, you could pull off a young Robert Redford, and that just makes me want, I wish that, like, that, how amazing would this movie have been if, like, they advertised it, and it was Robert Redford, and he was just in that one scene. Just that one line. But, oh, man, how much better a movie would be. And I like this movie, but... Come on. Robert Redford in that cowboy hat. I don't know why I said that. It's just on my mind. Because, you know, old cowboys, Robert Redford, makes sense. I guess. Hey, this is a, a latest installment of our animal series. Oh my goodness, is it ever. We have done so many episodes about animals. Well, this is just the third one. <laughs> is that it? Are yeah. you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure it's not more? It's just the three. Well, we're going to do another one, so that's going to no, be four. I feel like it's more. Well, I, in a row. I don't... I, I, we've had 70-some episodes. Maybe if I can't remember another one that we did with animals, maybe we have. But I mean, for this we series... we did Cruella de Vil. That's not what it's called. <laughs> it's called Cruella de Vil. Nope. We did 101 Dalmatians last time. Uh, Roar was episode 73. Yep. Oh, shit. That was March Madness <laughs> sports movies. Oh, we did Lion King like a few ago. Right. Last year. Oh, last year? Yeah. Are you sure When the When year? the live action one came out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I know. I know. Maybe we've just been watching a lot of animals. No. This is the three movies that we've watched oh, with animals. Oh, I, I know what it is. Uh-huh. Um, so we actually had to watch Homer Bound twice. Right. We did watch this in January because yeah. we had gotten a DVD in the mail. Yeah. Because it was not on uh, Disney Plus at the time. And so we watched it. Then we're, like, we're going to totally do an episode. Yes, because I we, love this movie. And then we didn't do an episode. Because I kept being like, I'm tired. Right. So then we ended up doing another episode and then another episode. And they're like, fine, we'll just do Homeward Bound at some point. So we rewatched it again because our kids did uh, respond pretty well to it when they saw it in January. Yes, they did. And, and also, I wanted to make sure I remembered enough to say a few things today. And we're still in the midst of a pandemic. So, you know, yeah. we're going to force them to watch whatever we want again. Exactly. Oh, and the other reason it feels like we watched a lot of animal movies is that after watching um, 101 Dalmatians, the live action, then we watched 101 Dalmatians, the cartoon, like a week later with the kids as well. Yeah. So it's been a lot of animals in our house. 
I but guess. not real animals. We don't have real animals because we house. are pet free because we have wild animals. They're just the human species. There's a cat that lives on our premises, kind of like it's a neighbor cat, yeah. but it's always in the backyard creeping. I think looking for mice, which is good. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But every time I go uh, get like bring packages in from the house, I go through it. You know, there's a system. Got to bring them in the garage because of you know. Deadly that's pandemic. That's how you bring things in. Um, yes. But every time I open the garage, that I swear to God, it doesn't matter what time of day or when it is, or every every single day that cat is just like waiting. Like he sees my open the open the open in the garage, and he's like, "I'm gonna come in your garage." Probably because that's where all the mouse are living. Maybe he's <laughs> <laughs> just like those fuckers. I know I, they're in well, there. I it's fine. Like it's fine when the cat comes in for a little bit, and in fact, I've seen him run out. Um, but I don't want to get. I don't want the cat to get trapped in the garage because that's a problem. It doesn't belong and doesn't live with us. It belongs to somebody else. He does. Yeah. She does. Whatever it is. So I don't want the cat in the garage after I close the door. Correct. Also, I'm allergic to cats, so I'm not touching the cat either. So you know. Correct. I don't know why it likes me, but it seems to like me. It's because of all the mice we're supplying. Also, I think that cats, in general, they know I'm allergic, and they're always trying to be fucking assholes to me. Like, oh, you're allergic. We can tell. They can tell. They can scent. They can smell. They can smell that there's an allergic person. Yeah, cats are dicks like that. Huge dicks. Speaking of cats being dicks, Tyler, Mm -hmm. what have you been watching recently? I don't... I don't know if that uh <laughs> that segue didn't work out so well. I don't know. Well, you're a dick, so it oh, makes sense. But what have you been watching recently? Well, we watched uh oh, I finally you've been resisting, but I finally I just turned it on for you. So, I don't get this about you. What? We've been together 18 years. Mm-hmm. You know that if you ask me, "Hey, do you want to watch this really good movie?" I'll probably be like, "Eh." But if you just start a movie, Good, shitty, average, whatever it is. I never start shitty movies, but okay. False. You do it all the fucking time. <laughs> I don't. Time. What? Explain. What the Name last one. movie I fell asleep in. What? That was do your choice. <laughs> I don't know. You do, you've put some bad ones on. No, never. Never once. What was that bad one we watched recently? Which one? Nah, I don't remember. The Arnold Schwarzenegger one we we're going to raw deal we we're going to do for the podcast, but then, no. it, and it was going to be a great episode, but then you went to sleep on that one. Oh, I don't remember. Anyway, you should know if you just put it on, I'll watch it. So I had seen Rocket Man last year when it came out, had the Blu-ray, and uh, I've been trying to get you to watch it for a while, so I finally turned it on. What did you think about the Elton John well, musical biopic, okay. Rocket Man? Sure. Here's the thing. When someone says music biopic, Ugh, I and I see a trailer, mm-hmm. I'm usually like, mm, got it. Saw the trailer, saw the movie, check, right. next, done. You know, they just all feel like the same. They all go through the same motions. They just, it feels boring. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Rocket Man. I thought the actor who was playing him did a fucking fabulous job. Taron Edgerton. Singing the songs, doing the acting. Actually singing the songs, unlike yes. Oscar winner Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody. I enjoyed how the songs were integrated like a musical into the movie. So they would kind of just like, he'd break out in song. Correct. Um I thought all the other side characters were interesting, and there wasn't, like, a obnoxious uh, antagonist. Well, there is, but it... Who? His... The boyfriend, for a little while, Miss Slash Manager. But he... It wasn't, like... Oh, it didn't bother me. He yeah, didn't pretty bother bad. me. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. He well, wasn't just, like, bad just for the sake of the movie. Well, here's the thing about Rockman, which I appreciate, is that it is still... It, I mean, it. a lot of these movies have to follow a certain beat, because... The story is fairly familiar. There's a, a rise to stardom, and then there's some drugs. <laughs> a lot of drugs. Right? And then there's a problem, and then there's, like, a recovery, hopefully, right? Yeah. So that is the story, and so 
you know, you've got to, how are you going to do that in, in an interesting way that's different? And this movie does by reverting back to something that was very common, which is like actually be a musical. People just belt out into songs, fantasy sequences start, and it's not just this Bohemian Rhapsody bullshit. Uh, of just like the only music in the movie is when like the bands are fighting together. It's like I don't like you, and like I don't like you. Well, I will rock you. Oh, yeah, well, I'll rock you. And they're like, wait a minute, start the recording. I got a brilliant idea for a song. I'm kind of switching that up, but it's basically was that. that in the, the, that movie. It's not that movie? song, and that was a not a great connection, but it's as stupid as that okay. because all it's all the music is, or it's on the stage or whatever. Sure. That movie's terrible. What's funny is that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was directed by, well, it's officially directed by Brian Singer. He's an asshole. He got fired off the thing, right? Yeah. The guy who came in to fix the movie and basically salvage the thing, and I, I think it's a terrible movie personally, but. Obviously, it's a tough job. He had to come in, and he he did what he could, and he got a lot of movie made a lot of money. People liked it, right? Yeah, that's the same director of Rocket Man. So it, clearly, this I think it's Dexter Fletcher. Might have that wrong. He uh, knows what he's doing. So there you go. Yeah. Blame it all on fucking Brian Singer, the the Queen's one, that asshole. Um, I allegedly also <laughs> liked what's her name as his mom. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. At first I was like, this is weird. She's weird. What's happening? It is an odd casting choice. Yeah. It took me a little while to get used to her, but then mm-hmm. I thought it, she was very good. She held the tension of being like, like just really shitty, but also loving him, but in like a really like believable, yeah, shitty Yeah, I like that way. dynamic. It was not uh, black and white, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, funny enough, you said Bryce Dallas Howard. We were just watching that Mandalorian behind the scenes thing too, and she yeah. directed one of those episodes, and that was a fun panel. If you like the Mandalorian, the behind the scenes stuff's good, good stuff. Yeah. They're talking about because she never directed anything, and she made a pretty solid episode of the Mandalorian. So yeah. she anyway. grew up in film, though, so it makes sense. Ronnie Howard's her dad. Yes. Yeah. All right, so that was Rocket Man. The other thing we watched was uh, with the kids we turned on. Now I had heard that this was pretty solid, so I turned it on and. Our oldest daughter has read a few Nancy Drew books, not like the old ones necessarily. Yeah, there's a new set of books mm-hmm. for like younger kids, and it's about Nancy when she's a little bit younger. Yeah. Or like a version of her that's a little bit younger. So we watched Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase, which is a modern take on, I, it is a book, that was a book, that's one of the older books, um, the Hidden Staircase anyway. And yeah, I mean, it was fine. Yeah, definitely. I would call this... Um, a category of movie that goes into my wheelhouse of like teenagers, yeah, um, on an adventure solving a mystery. Like it's right in the like the the genre I kind of enjoy. I thought the kids would like it more, and they didn't even really respond to it, it all that much. I feel like movies have so much competition with such good TV programs yeah. that are out there that this it didn't quite hold up. It wasn't bad, and it wasn't like obnoxious or terrible. It just wasn't very thrilling or like. The, the funny parts weren't that they the it wasn't like I don't know it just didn't have all the magic. So most of the like the three the main Nancy Drew and then her two main friends are they look like they seem like they're like thirteen fourteen fifteen. <laughs> I like that yeah. right. So that was good. I thought yeah. they were pretty good casting on the yeah. kids. The um but then there's another girl like the the mean girl who the mean girl who becomes a friend mm-hmm. and you see her and you're like that girl looks way older than the rest of these kids and then yeah. you look her name up and she's like 27 yeah. <laughs> so it's just like god that's a big that's a big jump between that's the two big gap uh huh and then I felt like the the cat the it would have been a better movie if like the adult cast uh was a little bit better I think the the only guy that's really notable is like uh the guy from True Blood mm-hmm. but not like the not like the main 
guy and not like the sexy Joe. <laughs> like, it's like the yeah. third guy, Sam Trammell, I think is his name. He's fine, but the, it's just, everything feels very low. I mean, it seemed like it was kind of a low budget thing. Yeah, like, been it, like a made for TV movie. Yeah. It, it was fine, though. I mean, it wasn't, I don't want to dog on it too much. I just yeah. was, I, I had heard better things and then I was just like, okay, this is just fine. So, yeah, and the kids didn't really gel with it either. So no, in fact, there's it scared them a little bit. Oh, there's a little sequence of yeah. Now actually, that little part of the movie actually worked pretty well. I like yeah. that part. I wish almost if it had gone down that. Also, I called the villain from the beginning, right? Because it would made it so obvious. Like who was the villain? It was like his friend or whatever. Like this random. Oh, I shouldn't. Well, sorry for spoiling. Nancy Drew and the hints. Never. It's like remember. Sam Trammell's friend who comes in for no reason in the movie at the beginning oh, of the movie. Oh, it's her. It's um, Nancy Drew's godfather. Yeah, and he's just like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" And it's yeah. like you're only in the movie to be in the movie later. Yeah, totally. So I didn't love that because yeah. it's not like I don't think that's me being smart. I think that's just the movie being a little bit lazy. Um, well, but there are viewers like me who are. Also lazy, so you know, we're like, who is it? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> AKA, I watch movies like a 12 year old, so. Also known boom. as. Huh? Watch, also known as, I watch movies as a 5 year old. What? What? You said AKA. What do you mean? I don't know. Did you just a... misspeak? Because I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> also known as. What's also known as? Like, you can say AKA. And... Also known as. I'm a person who watches movies. You're... Like a 12-year-old. Okay. All, all right. Sorry. I'm just getting tripped up God, by your language. What the fuck? You're such a dick. I'm just trying to figure out what you said. That's all. Um, you know, It's the only... like a way of saying, like, in other words. Oh. Have you not used AKA? Not like that. that. I only use it as also known as. AKA. My name is Tyler. AKA. Cool guy. AKA. AKA handsome AKA, husband. AKA. AKA guy who asshole. watches movies like a 12-year-old. Yeah. That's I what just, I was saying. Also known as a guy. Yeah, all right. I, I can see what you're saying. Oh I'm having God, a hard time. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> I also watched uh, the musical Hair. Uh, you didn't watch this with me. I'm so angry right now. I don't care what you're saying. Why? <laughs> I don't understand. I still don't understand what's you happening. Would, oh, are you confused? Yeah, I am confused. <laughs> Confused like a previous employer of mine. Yeah, he's confused. confused. Uh, I watched Hair, which is a musical about. It came out in the seventies, and it's about uh, I don't know a bunch of uh, hippies. He's <laughs> going at me for it. <laughs> I wanted to watch it because it's you never in the. I watched the Forty Year Old Virgin like uh, I don't know a month ago again, mm-hmm. and it's funny, right? Yeah. But you remember how the Forty Year Old Virgin ends? Nope. They he finally. Uh, has sex, right? After he gets what? married to Catherine Keener, right? After they get married? They get married, and then they, yeah, they have, like, they, they wait, they wait, right? What? So then they they are in bed, and then, like, how'd that feel for you? And then he breaks into song. Remember that? Nope. Really? <laughs> I didn't watch it a month ago. It's a very memorable part of the movie where they, like, break, break into Aquarius. Let the sunshine in. The whole cast is running around. Seth Rogen's got his shirt off. And uh, Paul Rudd's running around. Really? Anyway, it's from Hair. And I knew that it was from Hair, but I'd never seen Hair. Um, and you're just looking at me like, I can't believe you don't remember that from The Forty Little Virgin. I haven't seen it in ten years. I remembered that before I saw it. You have a weird memory for movies. That's the whole bit of this podcast. Aquarius. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> anyway, continue. Anyway, about it. I think I liked Forty Little Virgin better. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to play it right now. Oh, God, we're going to get sued. <laughs> when the moon is in the 
It's from the musical Hair. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I just, I like the four-dollar version. Is, uh, I like the, you know. You know, it's okay <laughs> for, like, a movie to pay homage to something yeah. and improve it or make it more entertaining. Well, it's just because I've seen that and I had not seen Hair before that. And so I was curious and I do... As this podcast we've shown, I do like the, or I sometimes like the movie musical. Um, you twenty percent of the time like it's more than twenty percent, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, I it was fine. I like the forty year old version, forty year old virgin version better. Great. Now it's gonna be stuck in my head all night. Aquarius. We're gonna get sued. Um, yeah. Okay. So people still get sued during a pandemic. I don't know. We're supposed to be making this podcast timeless, um, so stop referencing the pandemic. America is crumbling, and that's all you have to say. We're supposed to make this podcast timeless. All right. Okay. Or be a distraction. I'll I'll buy that at least. Be okay. a distraction. Um the other thing we've been watching during the pandemic <laughs> is it. uh Property Brothers, but not like regular Property Brothers. We watch we've watched a lot of HDTV over the years, you and I. And the yes. kids really like it. It's something we can turn on that the kids enjoy the construction part of it. Yes. And they can see Elliot loves right. when they uh demo day. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so it's totally like it's great something we can all watch without being bored and blah 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 right yeah so we wouldn't we've seen a lot of property brothers but property brothers buying and selling it used to be my preferred version of the property brothers because it allowed both brothers to have equal time essentially because mm-hmm. the real estate brother drew yep drew typically in a regular episode is kind of around in the beginning as they're hunting for a house to overhaul whereas in buying and selling they're overhauling their existing house for a quick reno and then finding usually a bigger house. And so they intercut it more mm-hmm. with the show. And so I like seeing both sides of it. And it gives me that uh, house hunters vibe of going and looking at houses and stuff yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. But if you watch enough of these in a row. Which we have thanks to the quarantine. It's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. You start noticing a few things. Right. So, I mean, obviously a lot of these shows and it's, there's, it's well documented how fake a lot of these like set up, at least, at least the real estate aspect of it is set up in a lot of these shows. People have already purchased their house before anybody ever gets involved. I don't know the exact case of with Property Brothers, but that is true of House Hunters and a lot of shows on HGTV. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, I wish, usually with House Hunters anyway, they make it the show, they produce the show in which it, when they look at three houses, it could be one, two, or three, and that might be whatever one they choose. They they vary it up. Mm-hmm. On Property Brothers buying and selling, it's like there's no point of even looking at the first two houses. They look at them, and we all know it's always going to be the third choice, even though like the number second choice is like so great, or it's like well under budget. And then they always get like some nonsense reason, like the, it's a deal breaker because like well, I don't know, the street's a little busy. We better go with that much more expensive house that's much smaller. Yeah, and it's like no, <laughs> like that didn't 
wouldn't happen. Yeah, in 99% of the time, it's house number three. Uh, It's only happened one time where it wasn't. Yeah. So far, and we've watched a lot of these It did happen twice. Oh, okay. But one of the times, Uh their offer was rejected. So it ended up being house number three. Oh, and there's always the part where they're like, what do you think that your house is worth right now in its current condition? And they're always just like, well, I think it's worth $750,000. And they're like... And then he'd be like, well, no, actually, right now, in its condition, you can only get six million. And they're like, what? No, I can't believe that. That's not going to work. We're not going to be able to buy our new house if we don't get And it's always at a commercial break. Like It's just like this, like, oh, no, there's this real crisis moment. But it's like the same thing every episode. It is. <laughs> How not, do you not do that? It's not intended to be watched in a binge fashion. I think you're supposed to watch it like, yeah, you watch one of those, you watch a fixer-upper, you watch, you know, in a night. You just turn it on and then you watch whatever. Or you yeah. take a break from it. Apparently you need to just take a break from the property. Brothers. I mean, that's probably true. Buying and selling. But I like them so much. I like how they harass the uh, the homeowners. Well, and then what I love is like our son will always be like, oh, Jonathan's really knocking that down. I was like, that is like what you see him doing on camera is literally only work that he's yeah. done on a project. <laughs> he like comes he comes in, in and films and then he's out of there. <laughs> and he always does the same things. He will sledge, <laughs> yeah. sledgehammer the first wall. Right. <laughs> he will take out some of the kitchen cabinets mm-hmm. and the kitchen counter. And then sometimes he'll get started on the bathroom. But then that's usually when he gives an assignment or a homework assignment to the homeowners. Which I'm not about. Who I either have to paint, pull up tile, no, pull I'm out a toilet, pull out a $30,000, you fucking can do it. <laughs> so that's all on demo day. And then mm-hmm. he always, mm-hmm. when the kitchen counters arrive, he always helps put the counters yeah, in and yeah. then talks about how the counters now tie everything in. Yeah. And listen... That's great. I don't like. I don't care. I the, the, they are successful because of their personalities and they're engaging together and they're engaging with their clients. That's yeah. I know that's why they have a show. I know, but I mean it's just comical because <laughs> it's just like the, the amount of work going in. Because they got to shoot. They've made a lot of those episodes. They did, and we are going to talk about Homer Bound. Are I we? Just have to quickly mention there's another show on HGTV uh-huh. that we watched on Hulu. Just one episode called Property Virgins, mm. and we've only seen the one episode, but it's vastly different than yeah. Property Brothers, where their budgets are typically four hundred to one point five million dollars. Right. Well, this couple, their budget was a hundred and twenty thousand well, dollars. Uh, there's other shows that they like. HGTV likes to really hit all of the budgets. Yeah. I think, but uh, yeah, but it was so drastically different. Like the standards, even the production value of the show. My favorite part was when the real estate agent was like, all right, oh, you want to put an offer in? Okay, let me get some paperwork out of my car. And then like, there's like a 30 yes. seconds of the show of her like rummaging through papers. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, here, hop in the back seat so they like, can like sit down while they do paperwork. Stuff that you'll never see on one of these other shows. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I feel like I should, we should watch a couple more of those just, just for, you know. And if you really get bored with the HGTV offerings, you can go over to Pluto TV. No, And you can down. watch their, their, no. their, no. Off-brand no. building shows, and they're not like they're way they're lower like, production value. Yeah. yeah, okay. But if you get bored with the other ones, <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's enough uh, Property Brothers talk for today. We're gonna start a Property Brothers podcast where we go oh, over every episode. <laughs> sounds delightful. I'll tell you what, every episode's gonna be the fucking same. <laughs> and we're like surprise, surprise. It's house number three. I bet you there is a Property Brothers podcast out there. Not not only one where they probably do it, and yeah. then, but also like someone who's like a fan. There's a podcast for everything. There's a podcast for Saved by the Bell. Did you know that? It's called Saved by the Bells and the Max. It's uh, produced by this very, uh, whatever you call this. Uh, yeah. 
Old Millennials. It recently launched. There's a. It's produced by Old Millennials. Yeah, Old Millennials Remember that's Movies. Us. It's us. Yeah. So anyway, that's available. Go yeah. find that. You can find that at oldmillennialsremember.com or on iTunes by looking for Saved by the Bell. There's some other Saved by the Bell podcasts, but they've been over for years. Oh, that reminds me. I do mm-hmm. need to submit that rss feed to the other feeds we're always working real hard for our listeners out you know there. what we have full-time jobs and we're raising kids and we're stuck at home all day so yeah yeah we don't get a there's no sitter coming over to get us any extra work done we're just doing our regular work yeah and when i'm not doing that frankly i'm trying to regain my sanity hey, you're welcome for us recording this episode you're yeah. welcome yeah the only Fuck reason you the only reason we're recording this is because you tyler threatened to turn on cats if I didn't. I did. Because Cat's available to rent now, the musical Cat's. And I'm like, that's it. I'll turn this motherfucker on and I'll turn it on loud and you will not be able to and avoid the songs. Like, okay, I get it. I want to watch that movie because I have to know. No. I have to know. No. I have no, to know. No, because I have to be in the house. I have to know. Do I have when, to know. Oh, I don't even want you to do it when I'm asleep. It's I have to know. I have up. to see it. No. I have to know. I have to know what Taylor Swift looks like as a cat. Oh, I have God. to know. I have to know what Ian McKellen looks like as a cat. I have to know. I can't tell by the trailer only. That doesn't give me the whole picture. Well, now I'm also morbidly curious. But I have to know. I don't want to watch it, though. I must know. Okay. It would be a perfect capper for the series. <laughs> oh, my God. It kind of would be. I know. I know. A bonus episode just on cats. Ew. <laughs> Maybe we should watch it tomorrow and then record tomorrow's episode no. after that. No. I think so. No. That's a good idea. No. Okay. We're having production meetings in the middle of this episode. <laughs> so... I think that about covers what we've been watching. Yeah. It also covers about where our sanity level's at. So there you have it. We're going to watch Cats. Okay. (laughs) So we are talking about Homeward Bound Mm -hmm. with its subtitle, The the Incredible Journey. So this is from the year... 1993. So it itself is a remake of the previous one that Disney produced back in the... 1960 or something like that. And in itself a book. So, But this is the one that we... As children saw, I saw it in the theater. Did you see it in the theater? I did not. Oh, okay. I'm not as fancy as you going to the theater all the time. Well, no one's going to the theater now, so there we don't go. you feel like a dick. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. It's a good pause. Good awkward pause. Okay, but mm-hmm. before we talk about it, let's talk about what do you remember okay. about Homer Bound? Did you actually write something down for this? I certainly didn't, but I'm more than happy just to share. <laughs> Okay, great. Okay. Well, you want me to read mine, or do you want to just share what you wanted to do? Which you, one? You read. Okay, yours. I wrote two dogs and a cat get lost in the wilderness and have to take a long ass trek back home. They talk, but their mouths don't move. Thank God. Michael J. Fox is the voice of the young dog. There's an elderly dog, and the cat is Sally Field. That sounds right, but maybe not. There's a, a not as good sequel where they are running around San Francisco. That's what I remembered before we turned it on because I had not seen this for uh, quite a while. Remember seeing it in the theater? Maybe I don't think it wasn't. I don't think I ever rocked Mm-mm. this VHS at home, and I don't think you and I watched it. Mm-mm. So it's been a while. Yeah, and I remember going to see the sequel in the theater, but again, not owning, not really rewatching these movies, despite uh, overall positive feelings about it. Yeah. Um. So here's what I remembered about it: mm-hmm. some some dogs and whatever got lost in the wilderness mm-hmm. and made their way back to their family and the animals talked and it was cool and I loved it and it was a great movie. No, what we did do uh, very early on in our relationship when we were in college, we did acquire a DVD of The Adventures of Milo and Otis because Future I had episode. never 
I had never seen it, but you were like, do you know that there's like all these murders going on in this movie? And I was like, no. So then we had to watch it and watch all the parts where they yes. actually killed animals, which is not what happened on Homer Bound. Homer Bound, they were very protective of the animals yeah, by mean, most we, accounts. We will do an episode on Milo and Otis. Eventually. And I'll sure. share the real facts. But basically, this movie, Milo and Otis was filmed in a different country. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and it re- they reportedly killed over 50 cats just to film one scene of a cat flying off a cliff. That sounds a little excessive, the number, but that there is there was some cat death in that yeah. movie. Yeah. And Homer Bound has a similar scene mm-hmm. um, of not a house cat, but of a cougar flying off a cliff. There was and a cat that goes over a waterfall, though. I don't... It's not really seen. Yeah, but not, I'm talking about a cliff. Right. Just like the Milo Notice. <laughs> and um, they killed zero pets. They did, and they were animals. monitored by PETA the whole time, and by most accounts, yeah. they did a, a, a decent job of keeping the animals safe and protected, even when it looks like in a lot of scenes that they are in danger or things have happened to them, like, for instance, like pricklies on, a, on, a, on their face, but yes. um, handled safely, handled with makeup, yeah. no pain involved with the dog. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, a few things about this movie. How about high stats? Oh, yeah, that's a thing we do. Every time. 75 episodes. That's a thing we do. High now, some stats. of our some of our segments, we don't do every episode because we forget. <laughs> or because, you know, you just got to go with what feels right. Right. So, high stats. Mm-hmm. Homeward Bound, colon, The Incredible Journey, came out February 12th, 1993. Clocks in at the perfect 90s time of one hour, 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. It is rated G, as I would expect. It's directed by Dwayne Dunham. Yeah. That's he, a guy. He made some other stuff. Yes. I can tell you, and momentarily. It's um, inspired by the novel by Sheila Burnford. Mm-hmm. It was written by Carolyn Thompson and somebody else. What was the release date? I just told you. Oh, you did? February 12th, Oh, a February movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then box office? Give me those stats. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Mm, Wikipedia would have gotten you that information faster. The what? Wikipedia. Wikipedia? Would have gotten you that information So faster. it doesn't give me an estimated budget. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to guess it probably wasn't. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how high the budget was. What do you think the budget was? <laughs> I, I 30, no, not that much. 15 million? 1993? Yeah, not a ton. It made $60,000 on opening weekend. Must have been a small release. Yeah. And then it grossed uh, in the U.S. 41000 And it doesn't look like it... Wait, what? Went, no, that's not I right. mean, $41 million. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so is it 60... How much was it on opening weekend? 60000 Oh, it must have been like a limited release or a sneak yeah. preview, maybe. $41 million Yeah, okay. Made. That's pretty solid. If you yeah. had gone to Wikipedia, it might have had a budget number. You know, you're such a dick to me. Okay. Um, director Dwayne... Dwayne, not Dwayne. Dwayne... Do that's you. what I said. I know. I was just saying, I, I want to reemphasize that that's Duane. unusual. Duane. Not, we're not being assholes by saying that. No, that's it's, D, it's spelled. D-U, D-U, Duane. He made uh, a lot of Twin Peaks episodes. He was an editor on Return of the Jedi. And then he directed a maybe potential future movie, Little Giants, with Rick Moranis and Ed O'Neill. That was that little kid football movie. I don't think I ever saw that. And then he was in charge of that Halloween Town Disney Channel things that were uh, people liked. But that's a TV show and hasn't done much. Or TV movie. Um, also, just to let you know, the box office numbers are not in fucking Wikipedia. You jerk. Oh, okay. Maybe there's not a lot of information on there. So it is indeed uh, Michael J. Fox as the voice of Chance, the young dog. It is indeed. I like how you said that. Yeah. It is Sally Field as the cat, uh, Sassy. And the actor's name, and he's a known actor, but he actually died right after the movie came out. 
Uh, you could probably tell me you have it. I have it in my notes, but you literally have a thing that has the, you know, cast list on it. Oh, do you want my help now? I thought you were just... Donna Mesh was the voice of Shadow, the old golden retriever dog. He died uh, later that year. He was replaced by Ralph Waite in the do the voice of the sequel. Donna Mesh was in Cocoon, Trading Places, Coming to America, lots of movies. So you know him, and he is the voice of Shadow. Uh, the rest of the cast in the movie, it's not a lot. You got Gene Smart... As the uh, lady who takes care of him at the ranch, and then the dad, oh, he's, uh, what's his face, and I can't think of his name. Robert Hayes is the dad. Robert Hayes. Yep, so, uh, you know, a moderate uh, cast, and Robert Redford as that uh, park ranger. Yeah. I think. Your wish. <laughs> Doesn't really look like him up close, but I wish it was Robert you Redford. do wish. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Okay, so this starts off mm-hmm. with, um... I don't know. Just, let's just talk about how great this movie is. It is great. I have... we got to talk about the biggest question I have about the movie. Of course. You have to start with a negative. No, I'm just... I want to get to that. But I do want to get your initial thoughts of... You have memories of seeing it at least when you were young, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and you liked it then. Yeah, this was definitely a VHS rental. Mm-hmm. Definitely more than once. And I think as a 10-year-old... So, we had a Golden Retriever like for like just a couple of years. Her name was Penny. She was super naughty. Mm-hmm. Like, super, super naughty. Like, super smart dog, but just, like, ripped holes in doors, chewed a hole in the wall. Kind of like Chance in this um, movie. Yeah. I mean, this dog that we had, she... I might have shared this story before on this podcast. I don't remember. But uh, she would always escape. And we lived um, in a house that you couldn't be fully fenced in because there was a, a, a ditch. So you couldn't fence because of the city's right away. So we couldn't fully fence it. So the dog got out all the fucking time. We would put up, like, an electric wire. Well, she was dumb. She was smart. She would just either shock herself to get by it, or she would jump over it. Mm. We tried the invisible fence to keep her in. That didn't work. So, a few incidents that that took her out of our house, because she was so bad, was one, she ran across the road, and she didn't get hit by a car. She hit a fucking car. She ran into it. She ran into the <laughs> side of a car and dented the door. Nice. So, then our home insurance had to pay for that damage. <laughs> And then another time, there was this old bitchy old fucking lady walking her dumb dog. And she she listens to the podcast now. No. She's probably fucking dead and good. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was, I hope she didn't die recently. I was almost going to say her name, old lady, but I won't. Anyway, she would always walk her stupid little chihuahua dog or something. Some awful breed. Just kidding, people. I feel like I'm just joking. I don't know. Rage you're in. And uh, the dog would shit in our front yard all the fucking oh, time. That's and sometimes she would bring a magazine mm-hmm. and stand there and read her magazine while letting her dog shit in our yard. Who stands and reads a magazine while Old on a walk? Lady bitch. <laughs> what magazine was it? TV I Guide? No. Reader's Digest? Anyway, so one day Penny was out and I swear she's probably just sniffing this dog's butt. And the old lady was like, they were fucking. So I put my hand in between them to stop the dog fight. And then she gets knocked over. And she's old, so she breaks her wrist on our property. I like how you... Hold on. For the listeners out there, when you said break your wrist, you put it in air quotes. Because it seems like to suggest that you don't think that she actually no, broke her wrist. No, we do not. <laughs> the entire family believes that she faked it. Because so, because then she was later seen in the neighborhood without her little wrist mm. fucking thing. Mm-hmm. She faked that shit. She's a hoe. <laughs> 
Anyway, so our home insurance, after paying that second one, was like, you people got to get rid of this fucking dog. We're not paying. But it, the dog went to, it went, didn't go to the pound or anything. No, you, it went to a family friend yeah, on a farm. On a farm, which sounds like a made-up story, so, by the way. Yeah. I, I, my mom was so worried that I wouldn't fucking believe her that she made me go with her to drop the dog off there. Mm-hmm. and to make, like, You should have gone sure. back like a week later and seeing if the dog was still there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so... I had a golden retriever going up. Mm-hmm. This whole story of like the dog escaping. Or, you it's know. actually inspired the film Homeward Bound. We just talked yeah. about the whole movie. No, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Old lady falls. Old lady falls. <laughs> no, dogs get sent to a farm. Yeah. So I have a soft spot for this story because it was about the time that we took Penny to the farm that I saw this movie. Oh, wow. so I was yeah. having a lot of emotional pet mm. experiences, and so I think part of me always wished that my dog would find her way back to oh, okay. me. Yeah. But, you know, and I feel like in the news around this time, there were a couple news stories of like, a cat travels 3,000 well, miles to, tie in to with find the movie. its family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That there were a few Well, it happens every now and then. You still see it those does. stories. Um, yeah. When I was a kid, we I saw this movie and uh, we didn't have, I didn't get, a, I didn't get to have a dog until I was like in middle school. Because your parents on. were smart. <laughs> Right. But I feel like, I don't have a memory of this specifically, but I bet you it happened. <laughs> Probably. When we saw the movie and I'm like, see, we should get a dog. And my parents were like, fuck, that's why you don't get a dog. They're just going to run away. And then you got to look for him. It's and a pain in the ass. A horrible pain And then they said, ass. fuck. And they said, fuck you, Tyler. That's what they said to Well, me. we learned this language from somewhere. We haven't so seen probably. them in months because of the pandemic I'm not supposed to mention. I know. So sad. Um. Okay. So... I remember seeing it, but I don't have an attachment. Like, my goodness. Oh, I love this movie. Yeah, I liked it. No, I God. love this movie. So it's good, right? It's very good. It's pretty good. I know it's good because our kids really responded to it, all four of them, both times we watched it. They yes. get invested in the story. They get invested in the adventure. They're nervous about what happens. They're worried about Shadow at the end, even mm-hmm. though even the second time they saw it, they were still worried about Shadow at the end. I know. It's um, sad. So it's it's checking those boxes. It's doing the things. And what is it? I mean, what is it about the movie? Now, I I I think that we've steered away from this as a culture. Uh, the notion of these animals having voices, but we didn't have the technology to make their mouths move back then. Really, yep. It's with CGI, we did, but it wasn't you know prompt dominant in the in the way. But for whatever reason, we moved away from. When there's animals in a movie talking, they have to move their mouths, and mm-hmm. it's disturbing. Anytime that you put a live-action thing, and then you start animating their faces in any kind of way, Superman's mustache included in Justice League, it's not a good look, and it's awkward. It's and Because if you watch future episode Air Bud, uh, in the first one, the dog doesn't... None of that shit... No talking. But like later on in the series, the Air Buddies series, they're just fucking talking all over the place and our kids watching it and it's alarming. Yeah, I don't like it. No, it's not good. And all these other shows that do it, I, I know. I don't like talking animals with the mouths moving. No, because what's great about this is that if you have a pet, you've you've done their voice, right? You're right. like, oh, I'm Maisie and I'm thinking this. So you know that they, like in your mind, your, your pet has its own voice in its right. head and it has a certain sound to it. So you don't need the fucking mouth moving. Like, right. We're not dumb. We know they don't move their mouths to talk. So, but they might have thoughts, and that's great. Now, that being said, this family is frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> On several levels, So, yes. they get the animals, right? That's a new new, uh, new marriage, right? Yep. So, the mom... Is it the mom that has had, has been widowed, or the dad? That's the dad that that's gone. That detail doesn't matter. <laughs> well, it doesn't... Okay. It but doesn't. The, the, the family's a uh, mesh, right? And they're, gonna, they're living at this place that they can have animals but then the dad he gets a job 
in San Francisco, a a project. Yeah. So they're like, we got to go. We can't bring the animals or whatever. Because it's temporary. So they're like staying in a temporary housing so they leave in the it, city. So, I mean, whatever. They're going to leave. The, there's a there's a bunch of ventures at the wedding. Chance is getting into the cake. And we get a lot of... Uh, we get to get the introduction of the characters and yes. their relationships with the three kids. The little girl is more attached to her. That's her cat. Mm-hmm. The little boy has the new Chance, the energetic Michael J. Fox dog. And then the older son has Shadow, the older, wiser dog. And it has the strong bond mm-hmm. between, uh, you know, dog and Because they've been together kid. a long time. Right. So there's the first part of this movie is kind of just giving us that life, right? But then they have to go and do the thing and they leave it with Gene, leave the, kid, the, the kids, the animals with Gene Smart. And the frustrating thing about this is that poor Chance, he doesn't know what's going on. And they're like, okay, here's a Frisbee. Go get the Frisbee. And he goes and gets the Frisbee. He turns around and they fucking are getting in the car and leaving. What the fuck? That is not how Frisbee and, like, fetch works. It's cruel. That's frustrating. Well, they were doing it because he's a psycho dog, right? So he was, like, jumping all over him. So they're just like, well, let's send him over there and then we'll hop in the car and go. But the problem is, is that, uh, uh, so that's frustrating that they even are leaving the animals here. And uh, Why? Why is that frustrating? I find it frustrating. What are they supposed to do with them? Bring them with them. I saw the apartment. They they get lost in, in San Francisco in the first one. Yeah, then don't go. It's frustrating. I Why? find it frustrating. Why? That is the exact right thing to do. No, I don't like it. Take your animals with you, for God's sake. Don't abandon them. I mean, yeah, obviously people have pets, but they're not this allowed new to family. Take. The the dad the previous dad has clearly been murdered or something. He's dead. He's died. He's dead. Finito Jesus. gone. Got killed by a murdering rapist, probably. Yikes. The kids are are distraught. They have these animals as their only coping mechanism, and then the new fucking husband comes in and is like, all right, kids are going to San Francisco, leave your fucking dogs behind. No, it's cruel. Also, he doesn't talk like that. Talks like this. <laughs> the big your cigar depiction. popping out of his mouth. He's a big, fat, scary I guy. I saw this movie twice in 2020. I think I remember it pretty well. He's got a giant cigar, and he talks like this. Oh, my God. You're so weird. He's the airplane guy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> But no, the other confusing thing is because they, uh, but the kids think that they have told the, the dogs and, and the cat that they are going to be back in a week or two weeks or whatever, right? But the movie sets up this problem. The con, the whole conflict of the movie is hinged on a, on a, a basically misunderstanding between the animals not knowing what the humans have told them, right? And also the humans not knowing what the humans have told the other humans. Correct. So. My question is, is that they don't know, uh, uh, they don't understand, they're not supposed to understand what they've been told. That they don't understand other than, English. like, their name. They don't, they don't understand English. Mm-hmm. They can't decipher what people are saying to them. Because yeah, they don't know. they're just guessing. They, they're just guessing. But, but, the animals themselves talk in almost exclusively pop culture references <laughs> and things that are very, mm-hmm. very specifically human. Mm-hmm. So that it is not just, like, us getting a translation of what they're talking about with each other, because that would be convincing, right? The animals could talk to each other, but they can't, but they're not speaking anything that would be English-related. But, like, almost everything that Chance says is all related to, like, things oh, that are in yeah. human culture. And the cat, too. Yeah, it's all just, like, uh, uh, Birdzilla was one of the comments. Like, how does a dog know what a Godzilla reference is? I wrote a lot of these down because it was just, like, they why they do, they wouldn't understand this. How would they understand yeah. that they can't get left? Or they don't know that they're not coming back because they think they're gonna be, they've been abandoned or there's something wrong and they're supposed to be back, but they weren't there. Right? Mm-hmm. But they understand everything else. So, like, to a casual viewer, this is just acceptable. But to Tyler, man, you sure got hung up on this. Both times we watched it, 
It's all you could talk about. Birdzilla, I swear I'll never eat another McNugget again. A McNugget? Like, that is a specific thing that a ch- – like, it's a Happy Meal thing. Uh, bat Dog, why would you know anything about that? Uh, God, there's just so many of them. That was just from one segment of it. Uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Oh, yeah, get some porridge for the bear cubs. How does he know the story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears? It's all pop culture references. Now, listen, I know what you're saying. That's what the movie is. It's supposed to give you these references because kids and families want that, right? They want that entertainment value of, hey, they understand our world and they're doing this thing. Great. I know all the other animal movies, they all talk in pop culture references and that's the whole standard way. But you can't hinge the problem with their conflict on the fact that they don't understand English when they very clearly understand English. They understand it. They understand the culture more than you and I even do. Wow. <laughs> they do. They understand everything. But they can't understand when the humans are physically talking to them, but they understand all this other stuff about the world of humans. It makes no sense. Wow. And it's an easy fix. You could just make it so they didn't hear them say or they mis- they misheard or something that they, oh, I understand. They're all they're leaving to the sea. No big deal. But then, like, they heard that maybe it was supposed to build. Well, we'll be back in a week or now it's been too long. Then that's why they go. Right? That would be, like, an easy way to explain this without having to, like, compromise their entire concept of the animals understanding the language. I feel like the writing room, they really needed you in there, babe. It's a simple script supervisor fix, really. Like, your script supervisor should have been on set. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. <laughs> like, they're not supposed to understand what they're saying on the phone, but they understand all these other things about human life. And only way they would be able to discern it if they were able to understand English that we're hearing so it's a conflict. I'm just saying you ha- either you can't have the proper cultural references or you have to understand what they're saying to them. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't you. make sense. That being said, I don't think it's a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly was a big problem for you. Not that it stopped your enjoyment, but no. that you definitely obsessed about it <laughs> for a long time. Well, if you think time. about it, it's just it will infuriate you. It's like you, they will wouldn't it, understand that. Chance wouldn't inf- understand that. How does, how does Chance not know they're coming for him? How does Chance not know what this pound is? They don't understand the concept of the pound. They think it's somewhere that they get jailed and they don't get to ever see their family again. But they can understand what they see on television. It blows my mind. I'm sorry. I just can't. It's an easy fix. It's, it's frustrating because it's an easy script fix. You could just fix it early in the movie and then they could say whatever they wanted. I think it it is representative of a problem in children's movies where the the crew, the writers, the directors just kind of um, underestimate like a child. They're like, ah, that doesn't matter. It's a kid's movie. It's fine. <laughs> well, right. But it's, it's a pretty good kid's movie. And so when it, it like when it makes a thing like that a mistake, uh, you know. Now, the other thing I want to talk about. Okay. Shadow is the wise old dog, right? <laughs> yeah. Shadow's a fucking idiot. Right? He's an idiot. Hot take. He's an idiot. The only reason they leave the farm in the first place is like, something's wrong. We gotta go. Which is the wrong decision. Yep. <laughs> like, wrong decision number one, they followed think, by about 25 more. Oh, our house is just right over this hill. No big deal. And then they like look over the hill and discover an entire mountain range. Yep. And then the decision of, well, we'll just keep going. <laughs> Instead of going back. He's an idiot. Yeah. He's an idiot. But you And they make him. Chance seem like he doesn't, like, he's the one that's like, maybe we should stay here. Maybe we do this. And, and he's fearful of, like, all the pound and, like, he's not, I, I don't, it's a weird dynamic because later we're supposed to understand that Chance is learning something from Shadow. When all it's proven to me is that Shadow makes really terrible decisions. But Chance doesn't know anything either. He just happened to be right. No, but. Right, but why? 
<laughs> I, I just wish that there would be another way. At the end of this day, at the end of the day, they're both dogs. Right, but like it's still sold as like, I gotta go find my, my kid. My kid's important that if I could be something is wrong with him, could be in trouble. I think, Tyler, there's a moral in this story. What's that? Don't listen to wise old men. Don't listen to your intuition ever. Or don't listen to some old wise guy just because he's old and says that he knows things and he seems trusting. Sometimes you got to listen to your own fucking voice saying this doesn't feel right. But that message later gets like clouded because like he's supposed to he's trying to teach Chance to like be calm and don't go go near that animal. Looks like it doesn't smell right. You don't want to get anything. It's like I got to look at this and he gets poked by the porcupine or whatever. And so we're supposed to understand that he's wise and he's making right decisions. But really, he's an idiot. And then, or is the lesson that like everybody fucks up? I guess he doesn't have to pay for those those choices, though. He like probably went very hungry for a very long. Would time. I do it? No, because the cat was there to help him get the fish. Not all the time. No, though. I know. We'll talk about that in a minute too. But uh, the other thing is, is when they finally get spoiler alert, they get to the they get back to their house. What? Yeah, <laughs> they make it. <laughs> And they're so excited to see their kids, right? But, like, I wish that the scene, the next scene that I wanted was, like, oh, Shadow, you're here. And Shadow be like, so what the fuck, you're fine? Like, what the fuck was all that about? You left us. And then I went across this whole countryside. I fought, fought a fucking cougar. Uh, the cat went over a waterfall. <laughs> like, a bunch of terrible shit happened. Died. A bear was roaring. Bart I, the bear roared at us. I saved a lost girl in the woods yeah. who also could have died. Like, and you're just fucking just sitting here? This is bullshit. There would be a lot of resentment, I think. Sure. I think their relationship was frayed at that point. Probably. I don't remember the sequel, and now the sequel is on Disney Plus alongside this, so maybe we'll find out that maybe their relationship is stalled a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of trust was broken, right? <laughs> For sure. Okay. At one point, the cat goes over the waterfall. <laughs> Sally Field, the cat, sassy. Uh, she thinks she's being real smart. There's a there's some banter between the dog's rule or cat's rule, dog's drool. Yep, common phrase. Common phrase. They have to say that they admit she thinks she's so she's so so fancy, such a fancy pants and so smart, right? She gets uh, a way to cross the river uh, because it looks you know there's a, there's a flow going. There's she a, won't cross the river when the dogs do because it's too deep, and she right. doesn't want to get wet because she's a cat. So she's being kind of a smart ass about it sassy if you uh if you mm-hmm. if you will but i mean her logic is sound she's like finds a like a, a tree that's going over and she kind of like, rocks to hop on so she finds a more shallow place but her problem is that she be, she's, she's being a braggart she's getting cocky got a little cocky at the end because the branch snaps and she yep. goes down and she just goes right over that fucking waterfall <laughs> yeah like right over it and it's like in we know as a f- audience that she's fine because i think even pretty quickly they show her us her getting out of the water but chance and shadow they look for a few minutes and then just like well i guess she's dead well and they don't <laughs> even go down to the bottom of the waterfall to look they're just looking for their top and they're like well like, didn't see her pop up guess she's dead god that's a bummer that she's dead and then they they linger on that seen for a while of like overlooking the waterfall it's like guys get the fuck down there and maybe she's right there or just wait another minute because she does just get off from she does the... just get off also the shadow but again they're dogs yes but that's that sassy's blood is on shadow's hands 100 percent. like because we decided to walk out because that's a, she's a house cat she's not gonna doesn't belong in the wilderness even if something's wrong you shouldn't be making you be like hey chance and sassy stay by the thing i'll go look or whatever yeah god what an asshole shadow's a fucking asshole he does take and feel responsibility for her death, though. Like, for, like, a minute. And he's just like, hey, Chance, let's teach you how to do some stuff. Frolic. Because, again, he's a dog. Uh, yeah, you get Bart the Bear, a famous bear, mm-hmm. a movie bear. 
mm-hmm. there for a minute. Because it, you know it's different because isn't it – I might have this memory wrong. We see some bear cubs yep. and they're like black bears. Yep. But then Bart the Bear is a brown grizzly bear. Yep. Or, I don't think that – that's that's worrisome. What's it going on there? It, it, on second viewing, mm-hmm. it, did, it was not implied that that was like the mama bear. Do bears crossbreed? I don't want to talk about that. Well, they could. I'm just, I'm at, that's a legitimate question. Do like different types Do of I bears crossbreed? Do I look like a fucking bear expert? Like, like, you know, dogs are crossbreed. So I'm just curious if like a brown bear and a black bear are banging in the woods. Does that Multiple happen? Multiple bear species, including polar bears and grizzlies, have been crossbred in zoos. Uh-huh. Scientists just never expected a polar bear and grizzly to mate in the wild. Both species Did require it? an extended mating ritual to reproduce. Mating is more be, mating between the two species is more than a chance encounter. Oh, they're racist scientists. Oh, are they a little bit racist? Bears are racist. Yeah, they're like fuck you, brown I don't even go black bear. or brown bear. I bet you the polar bears think that they own the whole fucking world. Oh, they're, for sure. Because they're white. They're cocky motherfuckers. Fucking white. Yeah. Fucking white bears. Am I right? It's honky bears. I mean, I'm all for like animal protection, but I do want to see a couple bears fight. What? I just want to see <laughs> who wins in a grizzly bear versus polar bear fight. That's a weird thought. <laughs> well, I'm looking at this picture of a grizzly bear and a polar bear. Oh, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're facing off in that so picture. So I'm like, I just kind of want to see them fucking fight. Not that they would get hurt. I just want to, like, see them, like, fuck each other up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And maybe get hurt a little bit, but that's fine. You know, you say that, but then, you, you know, maybe you're not happy like with... It. But maybe you wouldn't be happy with the result, because, like, for example, when the Spinosaurus fights the T-Rex in Jurassic Park 3, and the Spinosaurus <laughs> easily beats the T-Rex, our beloved T-Rex, you're kind of like, that's bullshit. That's true. I don't like that. So who are you voting for in the polar bear v. grizzly bear? Well, I'm white, so I'm going to go with that polar oh, bear. <laughs> so racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, other incredible animals in the movie include... Uh-huh. Well, there's a cougar. That, there is a cougar. That, that's a whole sequence where they gotta yeah. catapult that cougar over the, uh, the cliff, which is a pretty great scene, and it's like clearly like a, a stuffed animal that goes over, but I yeah. love, which I love, I love so that So kind of I read like an article about how they did that, and mm-hmm. it was a couple, they, they practiced with a couple like other giant puppet things, mm-hmm. and then yeah, they just had a big giant... Love it. But... He, the guy was talking about, like, remember, this is, like, film. So we only had the one giant cougar puppet. We had, like, a one-time chance to get it hope you right. dry it off. I think it got, like, fucking destroyed once it hits the water, <laughs> Well, it's though. pretty far up there, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, well, fuck up. Put two cameras... Like, you know, put two cameras up just in case, you know? Looks great. Um, I read an interview, um, a recent interview, actually, from a... A paper called The Confluence, Behind the Scenes. Um, it's organs, because a lot of this was filmed in Oregon. Is that part of the pandemic? Um, so it was, the movie was set in California, mm-hmm. and but filmed in Oregon. Mm-hmm. So they interviewed the key grip, and he was just talking about... <laughs> you told me about this. This, this. this organization was like, we got to get an interview for the Homeward Bound. Who we got? Oh, the key grip? Okay, yeah. great. Let's get the key grip. Not the... All right, that's funny to me. <laughs> Yeah. How many times does a key grip get interviewed in a publication? Not I often. Know. It was I actually think. a really fun article. Well, that's good. I think that proves that maybe we should interview more key grips. I think we could do that on our podcast. We should interview key grips. That's who we could get. We should make a whole podcast where we just interview key grips and we call the podcast the key grip. <gasps> and it's like the key. Fuck yes. Yeah, you get it? I and like now it. everyone's on Zoom so we could get anybody. Get the key grip on tons of stuff. Oh my God. Question. And this is a new segment. Okay. It's oh no. no! No no Angela no! No, no don't explains ask me what it all. Na 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 na. Na 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 na. In this installment of Angela explains it all, Angela's going to explain what a key grip is. 
without looking on the internet. You can't. You're, you're cheating, and you can't even do it successfully. I mean, I always assumed a key grip mm-hmm. because it has the word key mm-hmm. and the word grip. Mm-hmm. That they were responsible for locking and unlocking supplies, mm-hmm. and then gripping those supplies and carrying them around the mm-hmm. set. Yeah, you're Kinda right. Kind of like um, a roadie. He's master of keys. You know, in ET, that character of keys, <laughs> he's a key grip. <laughs> no, but I think I'm right. What did you read? What is okay. this? <laughs> I let's see what the internet says. So I mean, I, I just curious. I want to. I want to hear the definition okay. that the internet tells you that you can chat with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Key grips, according to JobMonkey.com, <laughs> okay. key grips are responsible for lifting, moving, carrying, transporting, yeah. rigging, operating, building, and placing production equipment where mm-hmm. it needs to be. Exactly what I said. Moving keys around. They got to lift equipment is what I said. Okay. Roll the tapes. I said they got to lock equipment up and they got to lift and you, move equipment you around. You may have said that, but when you started talking about carrying keys around, this is the only image I could think of. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. You're such a turd. All right, anyway, back to this interview about the key grip on Homework Bound. Yeah, so they asked him how was it working on set with kids and animals. As a bunch of fucking, had, had to move a bunch of heavy shit, as I assume he had to say. Yeah, and he talks about how, like, you know, animals and kids are really tricky. <clears throat> he said, like, remember, we filmed this on film, so it wasn't like today where we could have six different cameras rolling, you know, whatever all the new stuff is. You know that. Na, 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 na. Angel explains filmmaking. Filmmaking. In the digital age. Yeah. Um, so he was saying just how, like, you have to, like, rehearse it and set it all up. And it was really hard to make sure that everyone on set was super, super quiet to not distract the animals. Mm-hmm. And he described one instance, and this relates to our last mo- uh, podcast we did on Roar. Not last, but a couple ones ago. So the scene with the cougar, there's a scene in the cougar where the cougar just is, is bolting after the dogs, mm-hmm. like 50 yards, just full sprint. And so he said one trainer was with the cougar in the front, and then the other trainer was ready for him at the end with like a big chunk of meat. Mm. And he said, well, the cougar skipped the meat and went ahead and just grabbed the trainer's forearm, oh, crunched man. onto it. Like the movie Roar for the like entire the running movie. length on camera. That whole movie was that. Go back and listen to that episode and watch that movie on YouTube. Yeah, do both of those things. So he said he had to like, you know, physically get the cougar off of him. Oh, how did you do that? You, you showed me you punching the cougar. Well, I don't think that's what happened. This is what he said. The trainer was very calm about the whole thing. He got the cat to release and then in parentheses, with a bit of physical persuasion... Punching. <laughs> in my mind, he punched that cougar in the goddamn head. Goddamn Get cougar. off of me! Get off of me! I don't think PETA saw... think the PETA person saw that? Yeah. <laughs> and you think they'd be upset? It's like, well, you probably shouldn't have uh, punched, punched that cougar. Well, but he was, you know, biting into your arm. I, I'm, of two ha- I'm of two minds of this. On one hand, if I had a... Personally, if I had a cougar on my arm, I'd probably try to punch it off. On the other hand, you've created the situation in which you've had this cougar... Uh, on a set where it wouldn't, you know, so I'm of two minds of that. But yeah, if I've got my arm getting bit by a cougar, I'm not real worried about what Pete is going to tell me no. when I punch at it. No. I'm going to punch it. You're not going to let the cougar eat your arm. No, I'm going to punch it. And maybe that's a bad, maybe that's a mistake. Maybe he'll eat my other hand because okay. I punched it. But here's a question. That's, that's the risk I'm taking. That is a question. Or a risk. Um, it's not a, like a shark where you just nip it on the nose. Here's a PETA question for you. I don't, don't. Um, <laughs> we are animals as humans. Yes or no? <laughs> so in the What's ranking gonna... <laughs> of violence against animals, mm-hmm. if I'm Team Harembe or if whatever, the cougar is biting my arm. Mm-hmm. Am I now protected by PETA? So now we have to intervene because now I'm being attacked. No, I don't think that the humans in- are included in their uh, out their outreach. Well, that's dumb. Wow, you, you sound like protect that you sound like punch s- that cougar. You know right what you sound? Face. You know what you sound like right now? Everybody on the internet. 
dumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like, but like, why should I wear? But a mask? like, <laughs> I don't get it. Anyway, so I thought that story was fun from uh-huh. the key grip. Tune into our future podcast. What the are we key, calling the it? The key grip. The key grip. Yeah, it's a show. Oh my god, a... I so can't wait to do this. Let's we'll see if we can reach out to some key grips. <laughs> if you are a key grip listening to this, uh-huh. go ahead and email us at oldmillennialsremember at gmail.com or fill out our contact form on our website. We will have you on this podcast. The, uh, during the pandemic, I'd imagine what the, the interview will go like is, hey, what's what's going on, key grip? And be like, fucking nothing. <laughs> a whole lot of fucking nothing. Yeah, that's going to be the interview. Hey, Tyler. Ask about other stuff. Though. I was about to pour my tea without asking you some questions. What in is In a this? segment called Tea Time with Tyler. Donna. <laughs> it's not the same. We never made a theme song no, for that No, it just one. goes like this. Tea Time with Tyler. I have to do it in like a British accent. It sounds like British to me. Okay. This is where I stall and try to think of questions while I... We never plan refill. any of your segments. No. Planning is for losers. Right. <laughs> Or for more successful podcasts. Poindexter planning. <laughs> we don't plan for our podcast. <laughs> we don't even barely watch the movies. <laughs> Name as many movies as you can with cats in them. Cats. The movie Cats. Yeah, keep going. It's the only cat movie I care about. Cats and Dogs. Cats and Dogs 2, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. Uh... Well, Airbud's probably got a cat or two in it. <laughs> I don't like cats. What other movies have cats in it? Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, ooh, the Aristocats. <laughs> Roar. Lion King. Roar, Lion King. Well, I thought you were talking about domesticated cats. Why would you assume that? I don't know. You know what assuming does. Makes an ass out of you. That's right. <laughs> You didn't let me do my whole bit. I know, because I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what other movies have cats? Oh, you know what I wanted to... Uh, well, are we still doing that segment? <laughs> I was going to ask something about Homeward Bound, but I don't care. What, what were you going to ask me about? <laughs> no, I, I remember we talked about this when we watched it. Um, one thing I appreciate about Homeward Bound is that because they filmed it, um, you know, they filmed it with real animals and they had to kind of get what they could get. And then they obviously did oh, the yeah. recording afterwards. Yeah. Like the things that the animals do on screen, they kind of have to have to improvise a little bit, like with the vocal yeah. uh, performance. And and they did. There's some articles out there about how the dog Chance was just like a natural goofball, mm. and you can tell he's very like energetic, quick moving dog. So there's a couple times where like one time he trips, like they're just running, they're and, running across the field, just fucking biffs it in a hole, but then just keeps going. Yeah. So the voiceover they just inserted like, whoa, go for a hole. <laughs> Super funny. I love. Yeah. It. So there's a lot of examples of that because they're just they're, you know they're having to improvise with the you know the footage they have. Yeah. Oh, there's another one where it's like charming. He runs into like a little sapling tree. <laughs> yeah, it's charming. It's just that's that's the an, it's just an added element of the movie that is just charming because you get to watch these animals. I think if you like animals, yeah, if you like dogs and you like cats, maybe if you don't like cats because you know she gets fucking she gets chucked killed. over a waterfall, oh, so that's know, fine. It, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a movie that, you know, that's enjoyable, as especially for a kid. Now, oh, the other thing about that uh, cat uh, when it went over the waterfall, there's a couple different incidents of uh, of things that happen with other mm-hmm. human beings. One of them being like a bird watcher that finds the cat. <laughs> that's a guy. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the Jurassic Park guy. Was Sam Neil? No. no, the other one, the old guy, Ian Malcolm. No, the old guy, Richard Attenborough. The, John Hammond, played John by Hammond. Richard Attenborough. No, yeah. it wasn't. But it was him. 
Uh, Robert Redford was in this movie, and that and guy. And Sir Richard Attenborough. So there's yeah. that. But then also, you already mentioned this, the uh, little girl who's in the woods. Yeah. Just in the woods by herself. Sure, her family's maybe camping or something, and she gets separated and lost in the fucking middle of the woods. But uh, Shadow is there and sits with the girl. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. When he hears some people, he starts barking to help them find her. Yep. And then, again, this dog makes another terrible decision, despite being in the woods for several uh, days. It's just like, well, I'm going to bail out of here before anybody finds me. No, that's, oh, how they get, that's how they get picked up to go to the the pound. Oh, wow. I've seen this movie twice. I forgot that. <laughs> so they find her, and then they're like, one of the ladies is like, hey, that's the dog we've seen in the posters. Oh, yeah. They made posters. That and was so successful. then they scoop them up and take them to the pound. This poor fa- these poor kids, again, they, they go all the way to the pound. They're singing songs in the car, not wearing their seatbelts. Fuckers. Dumb dumbs. And then they go to the pound, but of course the dogs don't, and the cat, they don't want to stay at the pound. They pull the prickers out of uh, Chance's face. And but then they decide to escape again, and then we got to go through the movie for. It feels like at that point you're like, oh, shouldn't this movie be over? Yeah, <laughs> but it's not. But it's they not. They have an escaping the pound scene. But of course, because of course. Then they have a. They're getting closer to home. Yep. And then they have the train. Yep. And Shadow goes into what? What does he fall into? What is so this? It's like a hole. Why is why is there a hole right there? Maybe they were building something, mm-hmm. and so they were in the process of something. So they covered it up with some boards. He was walking across the boards. Right, the boards break. He falls into this big giant pit. I don't know why there's a giant pit there. So it is, uh, you know, very manipulative in terms of just like creating an emotional moment, maybe thinking we're going to lose one of these animals. But I mean, it kind of is effective, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're kind of worried he about old get Shadow. Out, like, the walls are all muddy and slippery, and he hurt himself in the fall, so they, his leg is injured. They jump down, but the movie does cheat a little bit by just, like, abandoning the dogs after that scene. So we don't actually see them get past out. this point, or what happens, or why. Did they did they leave him there? Because at that point, they're trying to help him out, but they're not. there's no decision at that point to leave no. him. And he's all like, I'm done for, guys. I can't do it. But then this we just the cut. End. <laughs> like, we're done with that storyline. Yep. So it's a little bit of a manipulation that they're just, like, stringing us along. We don't actually see him get I'm out. okay with that. The payoff is so good. It's a good payoff. It's a good emotional roller coaster for a kid. Yeah, because, like, oh, he's just so... Because the two, they come over the hill. Chance comes over. Sassy comes over. But the old Shadow ain't coming over. Which is kind of mean by the other two. Maybe, like, wait till he's, like... No, uh, they're like, fuck you, fuck Shadow. You put us on this you whole fucking adventure. got us in this adventure. fucking mess. Fucking get yourself home. Yeah. You think that's what happened? Yes. They just left him there, and yeah. then he... You don't think they helped him out of the hole? I feel like they helped him out of the hole. <laughs> they helped him out of the hole, and they're like, okay, we're going home. And we... You can stay with us, but we don't fucking want to hear you. I'm sick you of your are shit. in the back. God, don't you put us on the whole thing. Right, right, right when we finally get here, after your stupid-ass trek, you fall on a fucking hole You're right at the end. charge anymore. Right at the end? Get in the fucking back. There's a train. It would have been perfectly understandable if you had been fucking hit by one of these trains. It happens <laughs> all the time. And yet you fall on the hole? Yeah. Idiot. He's a fuck up. He's a complete Shadow fuck up. Shadow is a fuck up. Even, and his, his owner, by the way, knows it, cause even that kid at the end is like, he was just too old. He's too old. Like, he's not even that surprised. <laughs> but that scene so plays on any child who's lost a dog. Yeah. It's sad. You're like, it's, it's a gimme for the movie, right? It's mm-hmm. just, it has emotional heartstrings to pull that, right. you know, aren't necessarily earned. And then the movie ends with everybody going into the house. And there's just a lot of like, there's no, there's no attempt to like corral these animals. <laughs> like, the chance is outside running around, like, come on, chance, come on in, or whatever. And it's like, 
Maybe do a better, like, get a leash <laughs> until he knows not to. Tyler, they live in the country. You can't fence a dog in like that. Oh, yeah, well, they're going to go on a fucking adventure. And they're going to knock an old lady over. She's going to break her wrist. And they're going to have to get rid build of that dog. Build a yard. Build a fence. you got to <laughs> contain him a little bit. got to put him in an area. Well, as we're coming close to the end of this uh, episode, I did want to share that I read a funny blog. Um, you know how... Thekeygrip.blogspot.com. No, you know how oh. there's like, um, where are they now stories about celebrities? Oh, the dogs are dead. <laughs> So the whole blog, no, the whole blog. The cat goes, is dead. It goes one by one. It's like, he's dead. And then it goes to the next dog and it's like, well, he lived here and, and now he's dead. Was it called a Where Are They Now? Yeah. It's a little bit frustrating because obviously, they're, when was it published? Oh, no, it's published like recently-ish. Where Are They Now? But it's it's meant to be funny. Right. Like, yeah. it's fun. I, I'm curious to know what that, but there's, wasn't there several dogs that they used and well, there several were animals? Well, there were the main dogs and then they had like seven total for the three uh-huh. that were used on okay, some Okay, so not that many. Yeah. No. So it was just the three primary, and then if they needed a dog or a cat who could do something a little different, they they used the other I see. Or to give them a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is on the... I'm just going to give a shout-out to the Mr. Mediocre blog. Dot blogspot. Dot... No, dot WordPress. <laughs> dot, dot WordPress, all right. The cast of Homer Brown. Where are they now? <laughs> Where are and they it's now? like, look, it's like, it's like, sassy, played by Tiki. <laughs> well, wait, are there humans on this article, nope, too? Nope, just the, just just the, the animals. animals. And then it talks a little bit about her and like what she likes and then it's like where is she now tiki is dead <laughs> Janet's played by rattler and then it talks about rattler where is he now rattler would never star in another movie he is now dead <laughs> shadow played by ben the character shadow blah 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 where is he now dead <laughs> so there you have it i love it i just thought that was funny oh it's okay it's leaning into it yeah it's a, doing a thing got it you so know what fun. I imagine though is that, like shadows like so there's seven shadow with like the stunt double dog mm-hmm. of that he's probably saw that article and yep. he's like 35 or whatever yeah. old he is and yeah. he's like fucker I'm still alive <laughs> where's my article take that I did all the work shadow yeah I, who was in that fucking hole you or was yep. it me was yep. I sitting in the mud in that but yep just, just the a disgruntled mm-hmm. disgruntled uh, well he, Brad Pitt is friends with Leo though so See, I don't know. so you know maybe he's a foul I'm not sure yeah I don't know, Homer, it's Homer pretty Brown. good. I don't understand the logic of it, but... I will watch this movie again. Our kids will probably want to watch it again. We're going to watch that sequel now that it's so easily available on Disney+. And we didn't talk about it, but this is a beautiful movie to watch. Okay. It's a great quarantine movie to watch because it's all about like these beautiful mountains and rivers. The things and... that we'll never see again, yeah. Yeah, things that yeah. you can't go to now. Well, I, well, I think you can. I don't know, are places. the national parks open? It depends on when you're listening to the podcast. (laughs) I don't even know. All I know is Tyler is not letting me leave the house. Guys, come help me. Send help now. Bye. (laughs) Why are you scowling? I mean, go ahead and leave if you want. Wow. Go quarantine in the garage for 14 days, motherfucker. I don't need to leave. I can just watch Homeward Bound. It's like going out into the beautiful wilderness. Okay. With some pets. I seem to recall you, Dave, taking the car out to the wilderness somewhere recently. I oh, know. I'm surprised you let me back in the house. Quarantine you for fucking 21 days, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you made out with me after that, so. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? That's it. That's it. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. That was Homeward Bound. The Incredible Journey? What yeah, we, the Incredible Journey. Oh, I, I don't know what you were doing. I, I didn't know like, if you were going to say the whole title or if you were... what's the rest of the movie? Okay, I don't know what okay, you're doing. Okay, from 1993, go watch it on Disney+. Plus Or our DVD that we have. 
I'll let you borrow it. Hopefully you watched it before listening to this, because it's probably more enjoyable if you do it in that we were doing We were doing that thing. We were going to, like, we were going to do... It was like, Homer Bound's not on Disney+, Plus, but we want to do that episode. We're going to do the work. We're going to spend $3 on a used copy of this movie. We're going to watch it, and we're going to be way ahead of the curve. And then when we finally record it... We could have easily just watched it on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's okay though. But we watched the DVD when we both when we watched it both times. We put the DVD in, didn't we? I... Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, yes, yes, we did. This would have been better if it was on VHS. The DVD menu, by the way, was a clearly whenever the DVD came out yeah. years later, they just wanted to look like because uh, it was a little yellow. It was very Lion Kingy. Oh, like they were really like, hey kids, this is like Lion King. Go buy another movie that you like from us. Yeah, I could keep talking about how great Homer Brown is. We didn't even talk about the the teeter totter flipping the. We kind of talked about it. it's pretty. Yeah, we I did mean, the thing a little over. bit, but yeah, it's pretty the cool. The, the little puppet got wet because then that scene showed up. No, that scene was in something else. Was it in 101 Dalmatians? Yeah, always. Uh, Glenn Close gets oh, yeah. teeter-tottered. See? Yeah. It's so great. It's what you do. Classic. Although I bet you John Hughes saw Homeward Bound and was like, hey, that's my bit. Because he Probably. wrote all those other movies where there was, you know, pranks and pratfalls. And he's like, hey, no teeter-totter bits. That was in Home Alone 2 and in... Uh, Probably more than that. And, all of them. Yeah. All 101 them. Dalmatians. Definitely in 101 Dalmatians and in... Uh, don't roll me. You're the one who said you are going to keep talking. I was done five minutes ago. Okay, don't we're wrapping it up. Roll. Thanks for listening. Check us out. I'll see you. I'll roll you on the streets. All right. We'll talk at you another movie, friends. Bye-bye. Bye.